What's up, everybody? This week, we're going to talk about an emotion that I think people rarely talk about, and that's because it is a sneaky little booger that is hard to notice unless you are in a place in life where maybe you just experienced a really difficult season, a season of trauma, or even are coming off like a huge high, like the best season of your life, you know, oh, I just got married, or oh my gosh, I just won a giant medal or a competition, something like that. So today we're going to be talking about the emotion of indifference, and I'm so excited to unpack this for you all today and really to help you navigate the seasons of life to make sure that you're not falling into indifference no matter what you're going through. So let's dive right in. Hey, hey, okay, everybody. Well, we're going to dive right into the topic of indifference today, and this is a little bit more serious of an emotion So I just want you all to know that I am addressing this. Um, I'm not a mental health professional. I am a life coach. Um, A huge difference between those two things. You guys can check out a couple episodes ago where we talked about the difference between um, a therapist and basically counseling versus coaching. And um, that was a a really great episode for anybody who has questions. So I just want to first and foremost say that I am not a medical professional. I am not a licensed counselor. So I am just sharing information about some causes and some things that you guys can do to work on your mental health and progress into a more positive future. So I'm excited to talk about this. Um, Indifference is something that is a tricky guy or girl, like I said earlier. Um, And I think that it's triggered for a million reasons, but we've all had times I think where we just kind of feel numb. When I was walking through my abusive situation for a year, Um, and specifically my identity was just ripped to shreds every single day with this constant nitpicking of just who I am and, you know, negative reinforcement. I was in a, a state that I can see now of PTSD and feeling unsafe for an entire year, every day of my life. And it manifested in tons of anxiety and, and a hard time sleeping. And eventually I just kind of shut down. Um, and so I want to say this, I'm coming from a very personal perspective, having gone through this and having gotten to such a place where I was so numb um, and so broken down is the best way that I can describe it. Um, and God is so good. I mean, you guys know I'm not even close to that kind of person that I was um, years back, but I want to encourage you that. Um, everybody can go through these seasons. Um, and I want to teach you guys the things to get you out of those mindsets to, uh, acknowledge whether there are warning signs in your life of whether you are tapping into indifference, um, and the difference between taking time to collect yourself and indifference. And so let's dive in. But I'm coming from a very personal perspective. And also, I promise you that if you are in a place of indifference right now, um, things get better. They totally get better. Um, listen back to last week's episode on hope. And you can hear the full version of a lot of my story and how I put myself back together one foot in front of another one step at a time. And you can too. So indifference. Okay, where to start? Well, first and foremost, I want to set the scene a little bit. So we all go through hills and valleys in life, but the difference is in, is in how we handle them. Like I said, kind of in the intro, um, indifference doesn't just happen because something traumatic happens in our lives. 
indifference can also come when we get really, really comfortable in something that is great. And then the second that something isn't quote unquote perfect, or maybe the honeymoon phase wears off, or maybe something happens outside of our expectation for the first time and it is outside of our natural ability. I see this a lot with athletes. I see this a lot with pageant girls, with other people, high achievers that I coach because they are so used to being able to just strong arm something with their own will or their own intellect or their own athletic ability and get it done. And so when they finally need God or they need somebody else or they have to ask for help, it's hilarious actually. Um, it's like a, it's trying to break in a new horse that's just a complete maverick. And, um, you know, it's kind of that sink or swim moment where they have, they'll, they'll either shut down and you can see, seriously, go look it up. Like major athletes who have lost one time after they had had like an undefeated streak for a really long time. And it's just absolutely devastating because they didn't have the emotional intelligence to be able to learn how to bounce back from failure. And um, this happens a lot with really gifted and brilliant people where maybe you never had to study in all of high school, all of middle school, and then you get to college and it's like super hard. And you're like, oh my gosh, I don't actually have the grit, the tenacity to fail and to get a B and I've never gotten a B before. And what does that say about me? And da, 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 right. So then you'll see some people and I, I'm sure we can all think of people in our minds where in that moment you're like, well, I might as well not even try. Well, I just, I might as well give up because I'm, I'm just, that just means I'm worthless. No, it doesn't mean that you're worthless. It just means that there's an external event, which is informing your thoughts and your emotions and your actions. And it's giving you the results that you don't want. So we need to rewire that system. And, um, I talk about this almost every week and I will till the day that I die, but that's why the self-coaching model is so incredibly important to know how to steer yourself, uh, pun intended. If you get that, you get that. If you know, you know, (laughs) in the right direction, but I want to make sure that we are helping you guys to not allow these external circumstances to define you and not to get you into a place of indifference. Because the fact is we all go through hills and valleys. Life is 50, 50, you know, 60, 40, positive, negative, whatever you want to call it. Everybody goes through bad times. Everybody goes through good times. And so we just need to know how to manage that. And we need to have the self-awareness enough to know that, you know, when we're, when we're manifesting a crazy range of emotions or when we've kind of flipped the pendulum to the other side. My parents always said growing up, and I love this phrase, that there's a ditch on both sides. And this really applies here. Um, One of the causes of indifference initially is actually that there could be a, a feeling of disconnectedness. You could feel detached from the outside world. You feel like an outsider in your own body because maybe something happened. Um, maybe it's a confusing time period, like this time of pandemic. You could feel like you're having difficulty connecting with other people because you're comparing yourself. Maybe they got an A on the test or they got the captain's spot and you didn't. Um, and if you, in terms of symptoms and stuff, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. But whether it's a, a high time or whether it's a, a low time, at first, um, here's one side of the pendulum. You might see a, a crazy range of emotions, okay? So you might see shame, you might see fear, or you might see anger, usually depending on your personality type. So for me, at first, it was anger. That's the natural thing that I manifested because I'm of the gut triad, right? As an eight, if you're an eight, a nine, or a one, you're going to manifest anger, even if it's internal. It doesn't have to be explosive anger. It could completely be internal. It could be internalized shame or it could be externally processed shame. It could be internalized fear and anxiety or externally processed um, fear and anxiety. It could be, you know, fear and anxiety, by the way, um, could be attached to gluttony. It could be attached to excessive spending. It could be attached to alcoholism. Um, excessive eating, things like that, because you're trying to make up for what's going on in the inside. 
Um, and so that's one end of the spectrum. It could be like a total, just like crazy swing of the pendulum into the super emotional direction. And then on the complete other side of that, because of these different causes, that's where we get indifference. It starts off as isolation. Like I said, feeling disconnected, feeling detached, feeling like an outsider, um, a reduced ability to sense process or respond to emotions and physical signals. Um, you know, you don't want to hang out with people. Maybe it starts as you just want to play video games all the time. You want to get up a little later. You can't sleep. Your mind's racing. So as you guys can see, there's both sides of the pendulum. Um, and it's really, really important to a identify these things so that we can learn how to mitigate them and operate in the middle. Right. And it, it took a long time for me to actually accept this because I have that seven wing that's an enthusiast and likes to be positive and optimistic all the time. And so it was really hard for me to want to sit with those negative emotions and process them because I was wildly afraid of them. And so if you're in that place today and maybe you've had a pretty great life and um, you're almost scared for the ball to drop, you're scared of like, well, what if they break up with me or what if I get a B? And so you have this like, I have to be perfect. And maybe you put a mask on all the time. Um, I just want to encourage you to listen today because this is really great information to help you stay in the middle and to help you be self-aware in a sense where if you're manifesting a, an emotion on either side of this, um, shame, fear, anger, or on the other side of things, indifference, you can catch yourself and um, learn how to process accordingly, okay? So starting off, here are a few causes of why either extreme starts to happen. So it could be extreme stress, it could be a pre-existing mental health issue, could be abuse, verbal, sexual, um, emotional, bunch of different kinds, Extreme, an extreme life-changing event, a loss, extreme bad news, uh, an unsafe situation that causes PTSD, moving to a new community where you don't have a lot of friends, um, you know, moving away for college or moving back from college, other environmental factors or some genetic predisposition, okay? Um, like I said, then we'll swing to one of the other sides of the pendulum and you're either isolating, yelling, blaming, emotionally numb, um, tons of stuff can happen, okay? So like I said, it's important, and I want you just to take a second right now to analyze maybe a situation in the past, hopefully not the present, but if it is, we're here to help you, and this is why you're listening to this, a situation in the past where maybe extreme stress, or you moved away from college, for college, or something really bad happened, or you didn't make the team and you're devastated. I'm going to think back to that time and just spend about five seconds in that moment. Ready, go. Okay, now I want you to think about what was your initial reaction when you heard the news? Did you break out in tears? Were you silent? Did you go lock yourself in a room for five hours? Did you distract yourself with food or video games? Did you go for like an eight-mile run and just said, no one talked to me? Did you blast music in your room? What did you do? For me, I think I'm more of an internal processor initially, and then when I'm ready and when I feel safe, I'm an external processor. I think it's really important for you guys to learn um, and to sit with and even journal through, if I'm being completely honest, what your initial reaction to unprecedented events, unprecedented stress is. Because the first step in being able to catch yourself from swinging to one end of the pendulum is acknowledging what your go-to is and acknowledging what you do when you're unhealthy. So for me, I, like I said, I, I usually isolate. I've turned that into a time of journaling or 
going for a quick run just so I can think walking outside and I'm pretty self-aware now but it used to be outbursts of anger blaming um, not taking responsibility for things and getting really hot and then getting really cold and then I break down in tears and then finally when I felt safe enough again where I felt like I could control my world and my situation then I'd come back into community and luckily I had that community that was very forgiving Um, but I would used to throw temper tantrums I mean as a kid like I would feel so out of control as an eight um, whenever I felt betrayal or control. And again, why the Enneagram is so important is it's knowing when your core fear is triggered. Because honestly, like that's that's the thing. Um, Why we go to the other end of the pendulum of numbness, I think, is because usually our core fear um, seems like it's manifesting. So, oh my gosh, people I love are going to leave me or people are seeing me as average or I'm not standing out or I don't have enough knowledge to handle the situation or someone's destroying my inner peace, you know, and one of those probably just uh, spoke highly to you <laughs> if you're a, let's see, who did I mention? Two, three, four, five, or six, uh, or nine. I said nines as well. So anyways, uh, or if you're being seen as not good, if you're a one, that's just like the worst thing in the entire world. So acknowledging that core fear, um, go dig into your Enneagram and acknowledging those core motivations, which is desire, longing, and uh, fear will change your life. Uh, We don't have time for that today, but go back and listen to episode. I think it's 46, the Enneagram episode, and that'll really bless you guys. Um, But it's important to acknowledge what the heck you do. And so sit and think about that for a second. And next we're going to talk about why do we become numb? So after we had that original reaction um, and maybe a series of events are happening, maybe you're so fed up with acting this way um, that then we'll swing to the other end of the pendulum and just become totally numb. Becoming numb, in my opinion, is not something that people go to right away, but it's a learned behavior. And I I actually had a massive realization in my life, you guys, about, gosh, was it three, four years ago? Um, Yeah, it was during a really, really traumatic season of my life during that relationship. And I realized that I was growing um, bits and pieces of emotional detachment. And what this means is I was able to really... Uh, separate my emotions and my entire brain from what was going on in front of me and just completely shut down and shut off. And as an eight, we're pretty all or nothing people. So everything is black and white, like everything. And so that's easier to do for me than it is for other people. But it was a really scary thing where I was so um, emotionally abused at that point that I didn't want to be angry anymore and I didn't want to fight and I didn't want to speak negative things. And my coping mechanism as a child was always to get angry and try what I didn't, I didn't know I was trying to control. My mom's an eight as well. So we'd get, you know, we'd get into it all the time. But for us, it was just like, oh, then walk away and we're fine and we forgive and it's all good. But when you add abuse on top of that, um, then, and you know, my normal thing is to be a hothead or just to use my words to basically control the situation when that wasn't working. And when my identity was being, you know, hit with a hammer, um, for lack of a better euphemism, basically, over and over and over and over and I, I wasn't able to control the situation my words were being twisted and all these different things I had to come up with a different way to cope right and so what I did was I just would emotionally detach and just become completely numb and I don't know if any of you guys have ever done that but I want you to realize that for a second go back to like the thing that you feel like you do shame fear anger, anxiety. What do you do when you're stressed? What do you do when you have, when you hear bad news, when you don't feel safe, when you, you feel isolated, you know, whatever, when something goes wrong, what do you do? And then what 
if you have had this point in your life, at what point did the, did the scales tip to where you just said, screw it. I'm not, I'm, I can't do anything right. I'm not accepted. So I'm just going to feel nothing. It's fine. Everything's fine. I'm fine. Have you had that moment? I have, (laughs) and it doesn't feel good, but I want to help you to be empowered to find your voice again today and to be able to analyze if you're unhealthy and to analyze the way that God wired you to be perceptive and to be sensitive and to use the gifts of emotion to fuel passion and potential and intellect and drive and grit and to fuel your dreams rather than allow them to completely overwhelm you and consume you. God gave me the gift of passion. God gave me this fiery lion brave heart spirit, which yes, comes with feeling anger at things. But you know what? As God has healed my soul and has allowed me to forgive, which go back to the last episode last week to learn about that, and totally done a 180 on my heart. And let me tell y'all, I am so free. I've never been so free in my life. It doesn't change the fact that people have hurt me doesn't change the things that I've walked through, but I am so freaking free. It's amazing. It's so amazing. I love people so deeply and so much. You could, you could yell at me in my face and I would still do my very, very best to love you because I can finally see that it's not a reflection of me. It's a reflection of somebody else. But guess what? God created that me as an eight with bold as a lion, brave heart, trailblazer, change the world, wonder woman status, right? And with that comes a little bit of anger, but why? It's because God has made me into a justice person who has an extreme sense of right and wrong, who wants to help the little guy, who wants to be a mother to the vulnerable, who wants to save people from oppressive situations. And God has designed me, uniquely designed me, as well as several other eights in the world and a million, you know, bunch of people to have that mothering, protective, unearthing, trailblazing, apostolic, challenging spirit And God made me that way because I have to have thick skin and a big backbone for the things that I'm called to, right? If God had a completely different calling for my life, he would have designed me with a different personality and a different set of limitations as well as strengths specifically attached to my calling. Do you guys see that? So guess what? You might get anxious over a ton of things. You might get fearful over a ton of things if you're a six or a two. You might worry like crazy, okay? But guess what? It's because God's also put in you the sensitivity to be able to read a room and to acknowledge what needs to to happen and to acknowledge what people need and to be incredibly hospitable and to think through different scenarios to be extremely detail-oriented and to care for others and to pray and to intercede and to stand in the gap for things that you notice. And God's ability to give you discernment and to notice things is also the thing that the devil is going to try and use to plague you, to make you fearfully, you know, fearful and anxious and insecure so that he can knock you off your path to your calling. But when we live in this insecurity and we don't heal those parts of us that God's created us to succeed, then we could, you know, things happen. And when it gets to a certain point, that's when indifference comes in. And we just say, well, screw it. Like I'm, there's something wrong with me. And so I'm just going to be numb. I'm just going to be known that maybe people maybe people will like me. Maybe I'll be accepted. Maybe I'll be a part of the herd again. We all desire community so badly. This is why it's so important to develop our relationship with God and to understand 
that just because you're alone doesn't mean that you're alone. You know, doesn't mean that you need to be lonely because God's always with you. And the companionship of the Father and understanding wholeness and the friendship of God, the author and the finisher of your story and your life is so important so that we don't fall into the trap of allowing the devil to just shrink us down to a microscopic level when God's created us to be world changers. Every single one of you, every single one of you listening, okay? But we become emotionally numb after these super stressful events, um, it can start with like just a temporary feeling of disassociation or disconnection, um, to the outside world, you know, from yourself, from your body. Um, but emotional numbness is actually a severe, a, a symptom of severe stress and could indicate some other stuff going on. So I want to encourage you guys, we need to come back into alignment with the father. We need to acknowledge our strengths and our weaknesses in a really unemotional way right? Make a list. Here are the things that are great about me. And here are the things that I'm going to detach myself emotionally in a healthy way right now and say, yeah, these are legit the things I can own and the things I want to work on. But here are the things, here are the ways that I'm unhealthy. And what could God, you know, what's the other end of the pendulum? What's the way that God might want to use these things to strengthen me, to use me? Okay. And if you're in a position where you're like, dude, coach Megan, like, love you, but I just feel like I've lost my voice. I feel like I, it was taken from me. I feel like my church, my religion, my, my culture, um, didn't want me to have a voice growing up. So I don't even know what that looks like. Or maybe I feel like I'm more of a supportive role. So could I ever really have a voice? And the answer is yes. First of all, Jesus was the biggest feminist, if you want to call it in the world. Jesus empowered women. He spoke to women when he wasn't supposed to, when it was literally illegal and um, it makes me cry. Uh, go research Chris Vallotton and all of his stuff from Bethel. Um, he has a 90-minute sermon about Jesus and women, and it's the most incredible thing. I remember bawling my eyes out on a car ride one time listening to it. It absolutely transformed my life about two or three years, three years ago now, because I was like, oh my gosh, there's a place for me. There's a place for people like me, and if Jesus says I can have a voice, and I can have a voice. Um, but here's a couple of scriptures that reflect that Jesus wants us to be bold and use a voice. Proverbs 31, 9, which ironically, the exact same proverb that talks about the bold, amazing, entrepreneurial, basically perfect Proverbs 31 woman. Uh, is that an accident? No. So Proverbs 31, 9 says, speak up and judge fairly, defend the rights of the poor and the needy. And then it goes and talks about woman, women, right? Like, duh, God is so cool. Leviticus 5, 1 says, if a person sins because he does not speak up when he hears a public charge to testify, regarding something that he or she has seen or learned, he or she will be held accountable. So God's like, dude, yeah, speak up for it. Come on, use your voice. I've created you with a voice. You are a speaking spirit. You are the only race um, in existence, the human race, that has a mind, will, and emotions, right? We're not just robots. So God wants to give you your voice back. And I just pray and speak over you right now that whatever the devil's tried to take, whatever um, even well-meaning people have tried to take away from you. If they've tried to silence you, I break that code of silence in Jesus' name and I loose the power of heaven to allow you to have a voice again. And you know what? You may never be the person on stage giving the TED Talk. That is totally fine. You can have a voice behind the scenes, but you have a voice and you have an equal voice. And when you're in a relationship one day and when you get married one day, you will have an equal partnership voice. You are not called to just be someone's servant the rest of your life. And yes, you will serve one another, but it's an equal partnership where you have a voice and you have opinions and you have insight and you have a sensitivity that 
is uniquely yours and that the world needs. So hear me on that. We are just prophesying that over you right now. And uh, so here's the last part of this. That was number three, by the way, was uh, if your voice has been stolen, if your voice has been lost. Um, So I know we're kind of all over the place. But anyways, number four, number four, um, how to find your voice again and take action. Here's just some simple steps for you guys. One is connect again. All it takes is one friend. All it takes is one friend. If it's a friend that you can play board games with once or twice a month. Um, guys, we have, Carter and I have best friends that just moved back here this past weekend. Thank God. And, uh, we play cards with them every Monday and we just literally come over in our pajamas, rain or shine. Like it could be snowing and we don't care. We pack up, put, put your Ugg boots on, put your rain boots on, come in your literal pajamas and we just play cards and eat popcorn. And it's, we just, you know, detox about life. Sometimes we'll sit down and talk for an hour before we play cards and, just you need to find your people. And we didn't even know them a year ago, you know, but you just know when your people are your people. So all it takes is one person. And if you go looking for it and if you become that kind of person that is a friend, you'll find a friend. Number two, exercising regularly, self-explanatory. This could be a walk. It doesn't have to be hit workout. It doesn't have to be training for Miss USA. Just something for you. It could be a setting a goal of 100 squats. You'd be, you'd be uh, surprised at like what setting a little mini goal of like, okay, I'm going to do the laundry today. I'm going to do 20 jump squats or I'm going to do 25 um, couch squats where you sit on your couch and you stand back up. You sit on your couch, you stand back up. And I'm going to drink three glasses of water. Like little mini goals can build your self-worth like crazy. Um, number three is relaxation exercises. Go back and listen to a million of my podcasts. I give you guys examples of what you can do. Meditation apps, Christian meditation apps. Um, uh, Calm on YouTube has like a bajillion free meditations that are Christian. They are awesome. Um, be careful with the new age stuff, but Christian ones are amazing. Um, number four, healthy diet. I can attest to this. I cut out sugar um, a couple weeks ago, like all sugar for kind of the last leg of the Miss USA race. And not only have I lost a ton of weight and body fat, but also I just feel so much better. My cravings are gone, um, not dealing with super bad nighttime cravings, and I just feel better. Mental clarity, um, really, really good. Number five, make sure you're getting enough sleep. Self-explanatory, I'm terrible at that. I was terrible at that, but now I really value it. Melatonin, uh, magnesium, calcium, all those kinds of things at night are really good. Six, identifying triggers and finding strategies to approach them. Um, Journaling, or like I said, going for a walk and praying or listening to a podcast. Um, Whatever you need to do, drinking uh, drinking water instead of pop, uh, if it could be a sugar trigger, right? Or if it's a person, then block them. Don't look at their social media. Like you have no obligation to creep on their life if they're hurting you. Bye. Press delete. Say see ya. Put them in the bleachers. Bye-bye, honey. Seriously. Number seven, discussing feelings with a trusted adult um, or a therapist, right? There's absolutely nothing wrong. Doesn't mean you're broken. Doesn't mean there's something wrong with you there's something wrong with everybody. Welcome to the club. And needing somebody, having somebody to talk to is so incredibly important that you don't get locked up in your thoughts. And in turn, you know, just shut down because you think, well, everybody else is fine. Nobody else has problems. Uh, Homegirl, homeboy, everybody got problems. Seriously, everybody. I want you to think of the person you look up to the most right now. Is it Beyonce? Is it a pastor? Is it your parents? Well, guess what? Their life is 50-50 too. So congratulations. You're exactly the same aka you could be Beyonce. So what a great day. And then number eight, um, last one is seeking treatment for stress. Um, recently I, I think we just did a podcast on this a couple times ago. So go listen to that whole thing, but update, um, since I've been taking a, a few like herbal medications of, um, like 
rose flower and all these like natural occurring thing, magnesium, you know, vitamins, minerals, these different things to help with um, my cortisol levels. I've been a completely different human. Um, I've lost so many inches off my body in the past two weeks. I had somebody randomly at the gym yesterday come up to me and say, you look skinnier. And literally it's just been amazing just because I've been managing my stress better and really taking it seriously. So highly, highly, highly encourage you guys to go listen to that podcast and to manage your stress. Um, take it seriously or else, uh, your goals are going to be sabotaged because of it. And last but not least, you guys remember that Jesus is the answer for all of this. I know that sounds so Christianese and cliche, um, but as you're working through this, going back to the beginning of our talk, you guys, you're not supposed to be able to do this in your own strength. Life is going to feel like you just got hit with a bus sometimes. It happens to all of us. And I just don't know how people, I genuinely don't know how people get through life without the Lord. I mean, like, I feel, I like to think that I've worked super hard to be an intelligent person. Um, I can do a lot. I have a lot of natural ability, but there ain't nothing like surrendering and just laying on your back sometimes and being like, dude, Jesus, I want to cry. I want to punch a wall. I'm exhausted. I don't feel like I have the energy to put one foot in front of another. And I need your help. I need your grace. I need your mercy. I need your power and your strength. I feel like a one right now and I need you to be a 99 for me. Can you do that for me? And God says that exceedingly abundantly beyond what you could ask or think he'll come. And not just be your 99, but he'll be your infinity. And he'll pick you up and he'll raise your arms when you're broken. And he'll give you the strength to not only get through the day, but to thrive and to show you the hopes and the dreams that he has for you in the future. Um, So if that sounds like a good deal, then uh, you need to get yourself some Jesus and just keep listening to podcasts like this one. Surround yourself with some great friends, get in a life group, you know, something that can uplift you, but just don't try and take the burden all on yourself. I encourage you right now, if you deal with carrying the weights of everybody else. I want you just to figuratively take your hands right now, like you're lifting something off your shoulders, and I want you to pretend like you're putting it on Jesus. You're putting it on a shelf, you're putting it somewhere else, and you're taking that off of yourself right now. (sighs) Just take that deep, deep, deep breath. And if you guys ever need to do that and just remind yourself that Jesus said to cast your cares on me, um, I do that sometimes. I will physically take like a load that that I'm visualizing on my shoulders, and I will cast it on Jesus. And I'll just say, not my problem, not my job. God, I give this to you. I'm not, I'm not taking it. Because God can't work on it if you're working on it. Right? Take it off. Put it on his shoulders. And allow him to be the comforter. Allow him to be your guide and your shepherd and your helper. And your friend. And the author of your life. The one who knows and put those desires in you in the first place to be all that he's created you to be. So I hope this blessed you guys today. We're not going to live in a world of indifference anymore. We're going to empower you to understand your emotions, to walk freely within them, and to literally live your best life. With that, we'll see you guys next week. Well, hey, everyone. This is a little bit different of an ending if you are still here listening with us. Um, I just wanted to take a second to thank you so much for being a part of our podcast family. Wow, it has been such an incredible and crazy year of 2020. And I just wanted to take a second to appreciate you, to acknowledge you. You know, we've talked about some really hard things over the course of this year. And I just hope that every single week that I can be an encouraging and uplifting and motivating voice for you to help you get unstuck from whatever point A you feel like you're totally stuck in 
and I want it to help you to really dream again for what that would look like for you in your future. And so kind of in closing, I just wanted to pray a blessing over you. God, I thank you for every single person listening to this podcast. I pray that you uplift them spiritually, physically, financially, mentally, relationally, and emotionally, and that you are changing the trauma of their past, helping them in their present, and gloriously just showing them that you have a beautiful hope and a future for them. And last but not least, I just ask that if any of you are prayer warriors, that you just send up a prayer to God for me. I compete for Miss USA in just a couple weeks. Thanks so much for being a part of the family, the powerhouse family. Love you guys so much, and we'll see you next week.